Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. No one gives a fuck about the toys. You see, Andy and Sid are both bad. What we need you, is Maggie. You, you Maggie see, for president. <laughs> you see, the toys cling to Andy because they think he's good in comparison yeah. to Sid who destroys toys. But Andy's just going to go to college and leave the toys like any <laughs> other fucking kid. You see, right. toys, you got her rights up. You got you got that fucking authoritarian <laughs> In a time where I'm not working, like there's the little distinction, but I'm always at home. Yeah. That, re- that reminds me of something fucked up I saw today. Uh, so I've been going back to school, right? And yeah. I am about to finish up for the day. I'm headed back out to the parking lot. And as I'm grabbing all my things, getting ready to go, I there's this kind of... I, I, I don't know what you'd call it. Like a, Kind of like a vibe. Like there's an aura that's coming from the front of the building. Uh mm-hmm. Like, you can see people gravitate towards it, and you know that that type of gravitation is characteristic of conflict. It's always characteristic mm-hmm. of conflict. People are like, ooh, mm-hmm. what's going on over there? Let's see these people yeah. fight. Uh, and sure enough, there's this guy who's causing a ruckus, not in a violent way, but he's saying that he's having a stroke. Or no, he said he's having a seizure. He said, I'm, I'm having a seizure. Mm-hmm. And then he left. He just like he came in front desk. I'm having a seizure. Bye, out the door. Came and into your building. Yeah, everybody's just kind of like gravitating around. You know what just happened? I was like, did that guy just say that he was having a seizure? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, did you ask him any other questions? I was like, no. He's just like he's wearing. He was wearing a winter coat. It's hot. Mm-hmm. It's real hot, right? Yeah. And <laughs> you, you already know where I'm going with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this guy's out in the parking lot. And the uh, city police come up, and he's, like, appealing to the city police. Like, he's trying to get the car to stop. And He's trying he, to get the police to stop? He's, he's like, trying, trying to get their attention? He's trying to get the police to stop. He's a young guy. He's probably 17 max, right? He's, oh, having, geez. he's having a seizure, right? Wearing a winter coat. And they roll the window down. He's talking to him, And it seems like they're not particularly interested in what he's saying. And then he gets down on both knees and throws his hands up in the air. And we're all watching this from the window like, what the fuck is going on? And the police officer put it in park and got out. And she was a a rather large police officer. She had a fake shade of red hair. She ran around the back of her vehicle and got down on her knees with this kid took one of his hands and it seems like she was sitting there praying with him which i was like man this is this is weird i feel only like this in clarksville tennessee only in clarksville tennessee I, I felt like it was something that the simulation was like trying to show me it's like look man not all cops are how you think they are it's like first off <laughs> i mean the, the cop didn't look how i expected him to i i expect like every cop these days to be totally bald and be oh, like yeah. a kind of like a chunky big white guy. That's kind of yeah. so I imagine all of them look now just ready to be like, oh, do you, you need me to put on my right gear? It's in the back. I'm ready to put on my right gear. You want me to do it? But this lady got down on her knees and started praying with this kid. And 
sure enough, like it wasn't enough for him. The guy like got up. He was he was wigging out. He was on something. And oh the, yeah, the EMTs the ambulance had to come, and you know they were talking with him, and and sure enough, like it was drawing a crowd, and everybody was taking video, and he's like leaning all over this lady cop and like hugging her, and it looks like he's very thankful for what she had done for him. But damn, it was it was a surreal moment. <laughs> I like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool that they called an EMT for him and try to get him some medical help instead of beating the shit out of him and uh, throwing him in jail. So I guess that's cool. Yeah, well, I mean, if if the assumption is that he's not immediately going to go to jail after that, if you could call it an altercation. Mm-hmm. But even so, um, anyways... I just want to start with that. <laughs> wait, start. Wait. I want to start oh. the podcast with that. Okay. Hell yeah. No, that's great. I'm fine with that. I haven't been sending good quality stories. There's no. There's no more. There's no. Good... There's none left. They're all. They're, none of them are extreme enough to warrant. None. None left. We did have three good ones last time that we wasted. Ah. Uh... I mean, we could re-talk about them and act like they're novel. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's up to you, man. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't have much. We have. Uh, let's see here. What did I send? I haven't. I've been looking at tons of stuff on the internet, but nothing that's good for this podcast. So. Um, oh, so today I the learned the FDA rides. finally added a daily percentage to added sugars in food and drink. So we've talked about that before because the sugaring sugar industry. The sugary. The sugaring industry lobbied. Uh, <laughs> the sugaring. <laughs> the sugaring. We're going to create the textbooks. <laughs> We're going to create a horror movie called The Sugaring. Yeah. <laughs> where it's just going to be like all these people are like, oh, no, I got the sugars. It's like, no, Grandpa, no. You didn't take your insulin. They're like, I got the sugars. And they just like, it's like people go like dying of. Sugar comas left yeah. and right. <laughs> Jack Nicholson I got the sugars. around with a candy cane. <laughs> no, no, Grandpa, eat the Tootsie Roll. Just eat the Tootsie Roll. Blah. Oh. I just want you to know, Sonny, I love you. <laughs> wow, no, you, your grandpa. grandpa said he loved you? <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> Only once. Yeah, just that one time before he died. It was tragic. Yeah, I've never said it all these years. No, my grandpa, I don't know. He was like raised broke and lived broke, was like always broke. And like, so it gives you like this weird sense of like consumerism as like a form of like passion and love. Like I want one of the last things my grandfather gave me when I saw him is uh, we, we visited him at their trailer park in Kentucky and um, like before we like left, I think it might've been the last time I saw him, but uh, it was uh, alive is that when we were leaving, he gave me like a 64 ounce jar of applesauce, like this giant humongo jar of applesauce. And I was like, what? He's like, you like applesauce, don't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, here, this is for you. I was like, oh. There's like a little glimmer in his eye. He's just like, I just provided for my grandson. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of sad, but. It is kind of sad, but I I understand that. Like, there is. uh, There's an intent that comes along with that that I think is 
more readily an apologetic for that age group. Yeah. My parents' generation, yeah. our parents' generation, I don't think that the same can be said. I don't think that boomers can just get away with, that's how I was taught. I was like, no, because you're aware of it. And because you're aware of it, that means that it's it's something you're still definitely culpable for. Yeah, I don't know. Like you can reason yeah. past just giving people applesauce and like being like, yep, that's that's my purpose. I did it. I'm I'm good to go now. <laughs> like, yeah. My my grandparents did the same thing. They still do the same thing. You know, they they give me stuff that I obviously don't need, um, yeah. or, or things that, you know, our generation. Oh, you're leaving really... the house. Here's twenty packs of individually wrapped wrapped craft cheeses. Mm-hmm. You need you like cheese, don't you? Here's 24, Grandma. I gotta drive two hours, and this needs to be refrigerated. Oh, we'll put some ice cubes on it. You like yeah. cheese, don't you? <laughs> They're problem solvers, man. <laughs> They're you like, like oh, cheese? We you're we, going uh, home we, with some cheese. <laughs> we got we got we got uh, gallon-sized freezer bags with the Ziplocs. They were on <laughs> sale at the Dollar General. We'll put some oh. ice cubes in the giant. Gallon freezer bag and put the craft cheeses in there because you 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 are you already agreed to the premise that you like cheese. So if you don't take these craft individually wrapped cheeses with you, know. that makes you the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you don't okay, want to be fine. an asshole, do you? <laughs> All right, I admit it. I like cheese and like because that's how they get you. They don't start with giving you the individually wrapped craft cheeses that you don't fucking want it's mm-hmm. always like you're about to leave your fucking grandparents place they're like hey do you like cheese and you're like taken off guard you're like what what the fuck why are you asking me this like you like you like cheese you're like uh, uh y- yeah i do oh well these are these, these the dubai dates in two days from now i'm not going to eat them here's 24 random fucking individually wrapped cheeses <laughs> we can't waste mm-hmm. waste is the devil and there's I also grew something... up during World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, saw that coming. <laughs> I grew up during an age when we didn't have anything, so I am going to give these things away. And every time I do, I'll get a little ping of justification for my unreasonable buying and spending habits. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's oh, like... I gave them away. It's like, ah, they were put to good use. So I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> exactly. It's like grandma. You live by yourself. Why do you buy the Costco? 500 individually wrapped cheeses when you know goddamn well you're not going to eat 5,000 individually wrapped cheeses before the best buy date. It's never going to happen. Yeah, you got you got to race that. You got to race that shit. And it's like, but it's so cheap. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's so cheap. Like that's the justification. It's like cheaper than just buying like the amount that you would normally consume. Without having to worry yeah. about the expiration date, like you never think about. Does nobody ever think about that? <laughs> oh, this is just sheer waste. This is so much waste. <laughs> so much waste. It's disgusting. Or the number of times that like I've been given something that's not even. It's it it's nowhere close to being well within the expiration date. <laughs> it's like this, this dude, can like, this is, is literally rusting. There was yeah. rust on this can. Like I can, I can see the date. It's like printed very boldly on the top. This expired three years ago, and they're like, "Nah, those things don't expire. That's a conspiracy or something." Yeah, that's what uh, one of my grandparents. See, if I say one of them, then it doesn't matter. They were like basically that of like, "Oh yeah," and you know, just 
get it 20, whatever out of 25 percent of my grandparents yeah 25 percent were like get it out of the cabinet it's fine and it was like three years old and i was like this is like three years old we can't eat this like no like what you were saying of like no it's fine like it never goes bad but it was mm-hmm. like he opened it up and like the the you condensation huh did you say he i said i opened it up Oh, I thought you said he opened it up, and I was like, all right, no, 50%. I, no, 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 I opened it up. I might have said he. I don't know. I opened it up. I okay. opened it up, and, like, the it, it, was a can, it was a can of refried beans, and the liquid moisture from the inside, like, started making the can rust from the inside. Like, there was visible rust inside the tin can. This was like, no, we can't. We can't That's pretty this. metal. This is flavored by tinnitus. We can't <laughs> get the tetanus from this. I'm going to get the tetanus from it. Well, go ahead and eat a little bit. That's how vaccinations work, right, kids? Just go, go ahead and have, have a little smidge. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. That's intense, man. Uh, I've eaten, like, three-year-old green oh, beans Oh, I didn't before. eat it. Oh, I didn't fucking eat it. You didn't eat it? Hell no. Why, why not, man? Did you not? I already it told you, you sh- what. It makes you strong. It makes you strong. You consume little bits. It's how a vaccination works. That's how vaccination works. If you mm-hmm. eat a little bit of rust, it makes you immune to the tetanus. That's yeah. how it works. you got to show that you're superior to the tetanus. Yeah, heavy metal, dude. Yeah. Heavy metal. Are you familiar with the bath riots? I was reading a little bit about that. So it seems Seem like... pretty bad. Yeah, it's not so good. So in 1917, that was not a year that was known for a lack of human rights violations. So yeah, hmm, what happened here? January 28th, so it's cold. Pretty cold outside. Uh, but this is also El Paso, Texas, and Juarez, Mexico. So maybe not so cold. Riots sparked by practices of the Immigration and Naturalization Service, which required Mexicans to strip naked and be disinfected with various chemical agents. Yeah. Oh so, my God, Zyklon So it's B? like, hey, hello, hola, I am Mexican. I would like to come to your country and become citizen. They're like, yeah. Well, we got this belief that all Mexicans are dirty and infested with diseases. So uh, we're going to clean you with a combination of gasoline, kerosene, sodium cyanide, uh, cyanogens, and sulfuric acid, and Zyklon B, if you're uh, cool with that. If you say yes, uh, we'll let you in. If you say no, you can go fuck yourself. It's like, Uh. like, who came up with these procedures? Like, what? (laughs) Who's the fucking mad scientist that was like, yeah, this combination of shit? Fuck yeah. All disease is gone. All disease is gone. And my favorite statement from this, and by that I mean the most disgusting statement from this, is that in context to this combination cocktail of um, of shit, it says, this combination of fumigation was later used in the gas chambers of Nazi Germany. The shit they were using on Mexicans trying to become naturalized citizens of the United States is the same combination of shit. They use the kill juice in Nazi Germany. Yeah, that's bad, what the man. fuck. I, I Why can't... hasn't anyone told me this? <laughs> because it paints the United States in a poor light. That's it's it's all part of the propaganda machine. 
Like, there's no reason why they would want to tell you about this because it reduces their uh, their their authority to be able to continue to tell you what you ought to think. It, like that's why that's why I've never heard the name Carmelita Torres before, which apparently was a, a prolific figure uh, amidst the 1970 bath riots and is supposedly the the individual who started it. Uh, as a result of a refusal to be sprayed down with all that shit. Like, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Oh, you've got... Here's some other charming details we have in here. Apparently, a year before the bath riot started, 50 Mexicans had their bodies sprayed with gasoline and set on fire, causing 27 of them to burn to death. Mm-hmm. That's... Why? Yeah. And this is... I think this next part is kind of like the the justification for why people like you know that that, that age-old question it's like well if you don't like capitalism then why don't you just go don't be capitalist <laughs> like well i mean you, you because things keep on doing the exact same thing that they normally would do you can't just like band-aid shit and expect it to go away this torres was denied a refund of her transport fare, so she began yelling at the officials and convinced the other writers to join her she rebelled right three yeah. days of rioting protests subsided but the process of disinfecting Mexican migrants at the U.S. border continued for another 40 years. So 40 years went by. She was – okay, so she would have been 57 when they stopped. Wow. Okay. You know, like, talk about, like, uh, you know, delayed Wait, wait, wait. When did, when did they stop? Amazing. Wait, and wait, even wait, then, wait. it's like it, it, it was probably due to something that was that was completely when did superfluous. They stop? Like, oh, you know, it's actually more. Uh, it said it said it continued for another forty years. Wait, so until like 1957? Yeah. We were doing this until 1957. Uh, Bathing wow. human beings in gasoline and other various chemicals. I don't doubt it. <laughs> what uh, the yeah, they fuck? just like spraying them down with Cyclone B. What Which the is a fuck? for and like like for anybody that doesn't who, know like apart from the gas chambers and whatnot it's hydrogen cyanide cyanide based pesticide like fuck what the fuck yeah like and also like I'm still hung up on the concept of bathing people in gasoline like what foundation can you possibly have in that it's like like what what it's like, yeah, this thing that's, like, super flammable, like, you get, like, too close to, like, a heat source, you might just, like, catch on fire. Yeah, we're going to drench you in that shit. It's going to make you so fucking clean. Can you just use soap? Nah, dude, we can't use soap. We have to use gasoline. It's cheaper. Like, what the fuck? Like, what justification could there possibly be to, like, drenching people in fucking gasoline? Well, to kill them, I, it's, it's, it's blatant racism and prejudice against a certain group. And so with extreme prejudice, you're trying to take them out. Like, they know it's not fit for, for contact with human skin. And they're doing it anyway because they hate them. Because they're evil. Like, I, I don't think there's really any appropriate justification whatsoever. Like, yeah. e even outside of some kind of closet case of ridiculous pseudoscience. Like, oh, well, Mexicans have super tough skin as we've researched through this bullshit study. You know, like some oh, kind of... some fucking weird yeah. goddamn... Uh, like, like eugenic, eugenics kind of like uh, uh, physical anthropology bullshit. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like, oh, well, they're, you know, they're not as well as evolved, so they have Neanderthal blood or something crazy like that. <laughs> Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, so they just fucking hate him. They fucking hate him. And, and it reminds me of all the things going on today. <laughs> it's just blatant fucking racism. And to the point that I feel like we've pushed people into these these sects where they're like, okay, well, you caught me. Fuck you. I'm going to be racist now. It's like, oh, man. Like, we thought that... <laughs> Forcing you guys out into the open, you know, the, the into the spotlight, you guys would be like, "Oh God, I don't like the light. I actually want to like oh, go oh back into my hidey hole." But now like they're a like a bunch of cockroaches I'm that proud. just like shine like the racism light on them. That they would be like, "Ah, you're right." Yeah, but instead you shine like a light on them, and they just become like corporate like, leaders you. and political <laughs> leaders. It's like, wait, why, how? Did, what, that that doesn't work. And it's like, well, it worked for Trump, so well, it's going to work for us. What if I am and I'm proud of it? Oh, no. Yeah. That's no. You're supposed oh, to be ashamed. Where's your shame filter? It. Yeah, no shame filter anymore. It's like, yeah, they said something about PC uh, uh, rhetoric, and we're all like, oh, well, I'm not PC, which is effectively just veiled language for being an asshole to them. or yeah. something. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Like, I'm allowed to be an asshole. I was like, well, I mean, there's technically no law against it yet. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so how did this break out? So the riot around 7.30 on January the 28th, 1917, they were trying to remove Mexican women from the trolley while they were riding to work, and Car- Carmelita Torres refused, and this was because she had heard reports that nude women were being photographed. While while in those baths where they would clean them mm. up and you know clean them up <laughs> while well, there was where they're spraying women gasoline, gasoline. Mm. yeah fine mm-hmm. hey you're already humiliated and covered in fucking gasoline uh, might have to take a picture or two you see me and the other gasoline bathers are a bunch of fucking perverts and uh, if you aren't already humiliated enough we thought we'd add a little bit to it it's mm-hmm. 1917 what these assholes can afford a fucking camera weren't like cameras like a bajillion dollars back then like what the fuck they were a bajillion dollars and they were the size of refrigerators it's just like all right so this <laughs> we're going to take this giant refrigerator sized camera and take some pictures of you naked real quick if you don't mind yeah, not subtle at all. It's just, <laughs> just super pretend this obvious. isn't happening. Yeah, they have to like wheel it in with like three guys. They're just like straining yeah. as hard as they can to roll it into the room. <laughs> Sorry, this is our pervert picture taking device. What so, are you guys uh... doing? <laughs> uh, uh, so then, a- as a result, uh, in her of her refusal, she wanted a refund of her fare and. Because they wouldn't give her the refund, obviously. It's like, eh, you're a Mexican, we don't have to do that. Uh, she convinced other women on the cable car to protest. So I think that that is a really important little sentence there. Convince the other women on the cable car to protest. They oversimplify that. I really wish they would go into more detail. I really wish that we could understand the psychology behind a call to action. Like, Mm -hmm. how is it that you get people to understand? I mean, in the moment, it makes it pretty easy. You know, she's underage, um, which at that point in time, I'm not even so sure that any kind of underage law. Oh, dude, 17 and 17 years old in 1917. She'd been a woman for like three years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's not even Mm -hmm. me trying to be like fucking creepy or shit. Like my fucking Mm -hmm. like grandparents 
that were born in like the fucking forties were like, oh yeah, my friend Beth, they she was sixteen when she got married, and she couldn't get married in our town because it wouldn't let sixteen-year-olds get married. Mm-hmm. But they knew the town over was kind of cool with it, so they went and hopped town over on the little carriage with the horses, and they got married over there, and God was cool with that. Mm-hmm. The age of consent in Texas today is 17. Do you know that? That is surprising. Yep. I think minimum, there's other states where it's worse. The minimum <laughs> age is 14 with an age differential of three years. So, there's that. E- 17-year-old can have sex with a 14-year-old. So, on, so e- Yep. Uh, so, uh, legal adult Carmelita Torres <laughs> uh, was... Convincing the other women on the cable car to protest, the women begin shouting, hurling stones at the health and immigration officials, and a lot of folks gathered to watch the disturbance. A lot of these protesters were young domestic workers. That's understandable, uh, because I feel like those people would directly relate to the situation that Carmelita found herself in. Yeah, uh, like that happened to me last person. week. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know how much that sucks. Yeah, I really wish that somebody would get upset enough that we would all be able to rally behind them and find uh, this 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 uh, common sense of disruptive, angsty force that that we can make known to the public at large in the form of a of a protest. That's what we have here. Hmm. So the hurling of stones, I I feel like if this was to happen in this day and age, we would have the news media focus explicitly. Oh, everything they (laughs) say is no longer okay. You know, I was okay with the bath protest when they were being nonviolent, but as Mm -hmm. soon as they started throwing those stones, you knew they deserved to be bathed in gasoline. I was on my way home the other day, and... I was flipping around. I, I like to scan the radio, see if I can find anything other than damn NPR. <laughs> and I ran across a, uh, I mean, fr- from what I was listening to, is a fascist radio station, and they were talking about, uh, well, they were being apologists for police brutality, and they were yeah. talking specifically about so, yeah. a protester that was targeted for carrying around a baseball bat, and they asked a lot of rhetorical questions. Uh, to the ilk of, uh, do you think that somebody that's carrying around a baseball bat is up to good? Hmm? Do you think that they're Wait. they're not gonna they're not gonna cause a ruckus with that baseball bat? Hmm? Wait, you know, this is coming from like the gun-toting people. Like, totally. wait, whoa, whoa, 100%. whoa! You want to use like the fucking baseball yep. bat logic? How yep. about all these fuckers walking around with guns? You son of a bitch! Yeah, well, and it, it's it's always. Just turn, cast a blind eye to any of the law enforcement officers that are not only carrying what is effectively baseball bats in the form of batons, sometimes literally carrying like big ass sticks, nice but have sticks, yeah. lethal weapons on their hips. Uh, yeah. You know, things to restrain people, things to cause uh, pain, things to deter. Uh, uh, you know, sh- shock devices and tasers and d- a myriad of weapons at their disposal. And he's going to point out the fact that this guy is effectively throwing stones. 
You know, this guy had oh, a rock yeah. in his hand. This guy had a, a stick in his hand. Right. So you think that these guys aren't up to no good? You think that the police officers don't have any justification for breaking up this this obvious rioter, this this looter, you dehumanizing son of a bitch? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so they start hurling the stones at the health and immigration uh, officials in unison. Uh, and as the crowd grew to, let's looks like, several thousand. All right. Four trolleys, which had made early morning runs to collect workers, were seized. It did not return to El Paso until mid-afternoon. So they started to actually incorporate... Um, uh, uh, you know, part of the um, the infrastructure. It's just interesting that that can happen so quickly. Like, well, there's a trolley, there's a trolley, there's a trolley. If we invade them and we we confiscate them, uh, or what's what's the uh, what's the naval term for it? Commandeer. Commandeer. Yeah, we, we're going to commandeer them. Uh, then it happens very quickly when you have this wave of of angry people who are dissatisfied with their living circumstances. Oh yeah, and much to lose. So so this lasted for several days. Is three days total? Is that correct? Like, yeah, is that what like we what, said? That's what it says. So three days. So over the course of the day, what what else happened here? Mexican authorities denied the event and reported that no serious injuries resulted. Mm, there were rumors that someone got shot. Business owners and households were without laborers consulted with the Chamber of Commerce to resolve the issues promptly as most workers refused to come to work. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So the, the business owners were like, hey, government, do something. Make these people come back because if we don't have workers, we can't make money. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hey, that's all it takes, folks. I saw another fucked up commercial in regards to Amazon the other day. It was this guy who was manning a fleet of electric uh, delivery vehicles. And he was so proud. He was like, yeah, this is all sustainable and shit. That was juxtaposed with an article that I read earlier in the day about these delivery folks hanging their phones from trees directly outside of the place in which the orders are emitted so that they can compete uh, to get those orders first. These folks that are making $15 an hour are leaving their phones hanging on trees so that they can have the possibility of work. It's very much reminiscent of the early, ninth, or the early 20th century in which people were fighting tooth and nail to get jobs after because the Great so Depression. Yeah. They're, they're just like, we need it, we need it so bad, and if we don't get it, that means we don't get paid, and if we don't get paid, that means we don't eat. It's like, just stop wasting your time with this, just go out there and get the food, you know? <clears throat> just get, <clears throat> get food. <clears throat> There's food out there. Just get the food. Uh, yeah, every time uh, you have to go make a, uh, what is it, uh, like a, Certified fresh. I don't know what's what's the what's the type of grocery store uh, Amazon thing. It's it's like Amazon Fresh, isn't it? Something something to that effect. Amazon owns Whole Foods. They own Whole Foods. Okay, so next time like they're you're swooping by Whole Foods, just like pick up a mess ton of shit and just 
Um, that's shit ton of mess. Shit ton of mess. Mess ton of shit. Huh. Just pick up a whole bunch of that, and you're good to go. You don't have to worry about it. You can skip the middleman. You got food now. Just you got food now. Yeah. You, just, you don't have to worry about it. You don't you don't have to toss any stones. You'd be like, yeah, fuck it. Like, they, they can't do anything if they don't go to work. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to come get you. They're going to come get you, and they're going to take the car. It's like, well, who's going to do that? You know, you better hope that that guy is not paid adequately enough. Because I guarantee you that if we increase the funding for the people who are going to ultimately take those vehicles back, then you're going to ensure that they always have a foothold over you. It's very important to defund the police. Right. So what? how did this ultimately go down? Uh, apparently it, it didn't complete. go down the way we wanted since it didn't fucking end till 40 fucking years later. Well, the, the, yeah, the cleanings at the border. Um, let's see. So... On the 30th of January, precautionary measures taken by authorities on both sides of the border had quelled the rioting. Two men and one woman were arrested on the American side of the bridge. No further violence was reported. A Mexican health inspector, Andres Garcia, was present to maintain respectful treatment at the disinfection plant. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, the disinfection plant. Beautiful. Oh, man. So Carmelita Torres apparently is known as the Latina Rosa Parks, probably because everyone that's reading about this is so ethnocentric American. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of that, they have to they have to make a, um, an association. Uh... Wow, Rosa Parks is important. Why have I never heard of this lady? Yeah. She's a goddamn fucking Latina Rosa Parks. Why have I never heard of her? Fuck yeah. you, you stupid, shitty American school system. God damn it. So that being said, uh, I think one reason why uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of civil rights leaders in general are... I don't even have a goddamn picture of her on the fucking Wikipedia page. I can't even see what she looks like. That's too... Well, let's see if we can... Carmelita Torres... Get like a bunch of Facebook. Profiles. Oh, I've seen her. You've seen her before. Doubt it. Yep, I guarantee you've seen her before. Doubt it. Probably haven't. Here, I'll 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 send you a picture. Yeah. Boom. Going to copy that link. Going never to heard, do German. I bet you have. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it in Google. Boom. I sent it to you. I bet you've seen her before. She looks, she looks younger than seventeen. I mean, if that is if that is indeed a picture of her, I mean, it's a black and white picture, but it does look very sharp for. It looks uh, oddly familiar, but I also was raised in Texas, so you know. Okay. Um, well, regardless, I think one of the reasons why a lot of the civil rights leaders, or I, I guess you could call them like agitators, um, people who are bucking the status quo, are. Mm -hmm sensationalized to the degree that they are is because in the American establishment, they want to ensure that we see agitators who are inherently peaceful in nature, no yep. rioters, no violence, yep. because they know that as soon as people start to take up arms, even if it's a stone or a baseball bat or whatever against the establishment, they're immediately going to have much more trouble in quelling any kind of uprising that occurs from it. Not that, Everybody just needs to go and grab a baseball bat and march down to the nearest police station and start bashing in windows. Uh, yes. But, but you should. But yes. But no. But, yes, the, but no. So, it, so I think it's twofold. 
Mm-hmm. So I think it, I think you're hitting all the right buzzwords. Like Martin Luther King has been completely whitewashed yep. of any of his um, democratic socialist background, mm-hmm. and his movement for creating a the Poor People's Campaign, like all of that's completely glazed over, right? And mm-hmm. they and they focus almost entirely on you know um, Gandhi and nonviolent protest right like that super focused but i also feel like it's hyper focused on the civil rights movement as well and in like the american whitewashed version of it Mm -hmm. because it kind of an indoctrinating way like shows you the inherent goodness of the united states it's like yeah there was in the past problems with the united states but guess what because of these intrinsically good people that we completely whitewashed, like Martin Luther King and his buddy uh, Rosa Parks, they were able to get rid of all the bad parts, mm-hmm. and now we're good. And now and, we're good. And, beca- and because America is inherently good, we always strive towards the light, so we just keep on getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ne- never mind, uh, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, like, focus on on all the bullshit that we're going to shove down your throat with our neoliberal policies. And, and, you know, in this idea that, Oh, you know, now that we're in 2020, everything's all well and good. Anybody that's out there is protesting is obviously not doing it for the right reasons because civil rights were fixed in the 1950s. Exactly. It's because, yeah, exactly. Whatever is the current social status quo that's trying to be overthrown within the context of the present moment, it's always going to be seen as a divisive bad thing, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. I mean, there's more so on the side of the Democrats, you know, saying like, the you know the black lives matter movement's good or whatever but at the end of the day like it's it's lip service yeah they also um they they, uh dilute the characters uh as a way to prevent education in terms of um political advocacy rosa parks i'm reading about her right here uh she was never a member of the communist party explicitly but she attended meetings with her husband, who was active in the NAACP, and at the time that they got married, was in support uh, in the defense of the Scottsboro Boys, which I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, it, it rang a bell when I originally heard about it, but uh, they are uh, a couple of guys that were accused of uh, falsely, of course, raping two white women, and they were being held in custody when he was he was raising the money to, to defend oh. them. Wait, I think that was the one. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, no, I do know about the Scottsboro Boys, and basically, yeah. I think the CP like uh, nine certain certain groups were trying got them out, and they eventually like they were let out free. They found that they weren't guilty. Yeah, so they had um, to raise a bunch of money to try to defend them. They were accused. Can you guess the state that they were accused in? Alabama. Correct. Nice. Yeah, you got it. It's not. It's not nice. I was. I mean, I, I was just gonna go down all yeah. like the deep. Mm-hmm. South states until I yeah. I got it right. Alabama, uh, that was 1931. Uh, so they were they were in prison for a while. Man, uh, let's see the landmark set legal cases from this incident dealt with racism. Uh, it's in the right to a fair trial. Uh, the cases included a lynch mob. Wow. Before the suspects had been in, uh, indicted, all white juries, rush trials. 
disruptive mobs, miscarriage of justice. Good God. <laughs> it's like it, it doesn't even take a, a deep look into it to note that it, it's it's very apparently rigged, very apparently problematic. Mm-hmm. You're <sighs> looking at like the Cliff Notes Wikipedia version. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot more fucked up shit in there in between the details. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, so they, uh, of course, we're, we're not taught explicitly that Rosa Parks had any kind of involvement with the Communist Party. Like, not that she explicitly did, but, I mean, she did. Oh, I mean, she attended I mean meetings one lots of people of, like, the Civil Rights Movement era and then, like, previous eras of, like, liberation for black people in the United States, I mean, we're affiliated with communist or other socialist parties in the United States. Yeah. It's because, like... <laughs> Obviously, the other major parties in the United States didn't give a fuck about them. So they're like, ooh, this sounds nice. Mm-hmm. I like this idea where everyone's equal. How about that? Yeah. Equality is cool. It, that it, sounds it, nice. It seems like the simulations get real weak. Even in, uh, in the 1950s when the Red Scare was breaking out, uh, in, in the sense that you could simply say, look at all these terrible things that communists are doing. Uh, they are taking away people's rights. They are oppressing uh, political dissidents. <clears throat> and we're going to oppress them because of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you got to accuse the group of whatever it is that you're about to do so that you could justify doing it to them. It's like, oh, well, these rioters and looters are violent. So we're going to go do violence on them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Did you hear about the guys who were hired in uh, Washington State, uh, uh, private security forces who are now being employed to monitor uh, some of the parks and rec establishments? No, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that was one of my worries that uh, basically like within the ever-evolving neoliberal landscape that you could have a situation in which the plead from the public of defunding the police and reinvesting reinvesting in poor socioeconomic communities could be translated into defunding the police and then taking that money to invest it into private police forces mm-hmm. that even have even less accountability mm-hmm. than the public version of it it's the it's the perfect scenario for the uh, the powers that be because now they have even more ability to hide what they're doing in, you know in, the, in these dark alleyways and shady cor- shady corners they they have absolutely no accountability whatsoever not not only because uh you know the the payrolls are uh totally obscured but right. in the it's instance that public. yeah in the instance that one of these guys ends up doing something that we would normally be able to at least uh, uh, superficially hold a police officer accountable for, they can I'll just be like, eh, plausible deniability. We didn't know that they were going to do that. Uh, I don't, I mean, they wouldn't even have to issue an apology. They can just be like, well, we don't, we so, don't hold them to the same standard that we do but, our police officers. Meh. But would a security force officer have the same qualified immunity though, that a police officer has of being part of the police union? Well, I think that that would be an interesting case in the instance that they I don't would find know themselves if they in that. Would or not? 
They wouldn't, but that doesn't change anything. It, nothing is outside of the bounds. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to say here. that like, a, pri- a private police force would be better because, like, decent cause gander. It, it's that. even like under like the thin veil of like you know police officers opposed to be public servants. Like hmm. you know, to some of a lesser degree, you know, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Right, and we get pissed off when they break that code of being a public servant. You know, I mean, I, I think your story earlier highlights of someone trying to maybe legitimately do a good thing and pray or whatever with someone in a time of crisis instead of kicking their teeth in, you know. But what right? a, our society looks so much different as soon as you eliminate that specific role in our society. Like, everybody recognizes that it's now their responsibility to watch out for other folks. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not making an argument for saying that we need police officers. I'm just, no, what I'm arguing is that there Basically, like that a police officer at least has the intended purpose of supposed to being a uh, a public servant, and sometimes they get uh, called in to do jobs that aren't part of their job subs- uh, description, mm-hmm. such as social work, such as like mental health checks and other things that they shouldn't be called on to do in the first place, right. because you you got a, someone with a gun that isn't trained to handle that situation. Yes. What I'm what I'm what what I'm saying though. Is that let's say we're in this hellscape where we no longer even have these thinly veiled uh, public servants of the police officers. Instead, we've replaced them all with security agents. Like, like d- d- they don't even have like the guise of having to be public servants. Like, they're just there to protect private property. That's what security guards do. That's their entire job description. Is just make sure the po- private property don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think that you're you're right, and by proxy, uh, make sure that the people who have vested interest in massive swaths of private property are well solidified and insulated from any type of force that could possibly remove, uh, you know, any element of that power structure that would prevent them from continually paying me the money that they do. Yeah. So like. So, yeah, so basically it'll be this alternative hellscape where instead of, like, you know, where it's, like, you know, sometimes police officers end up doing some good things because that's part of, like, what they have to do while also abusing the power doing horrible things. Mm-hmm. You have private security guards where it's just, like, we just do bad shit. We don't help anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, especially with the, the move towards militarization, which is, like, yeah. you know, you could very easily just take all of that funding and put it into de-escalation training which you know i I, i'm not even (laughs) there's not a whole lot of studies on that in the united states at least and i'm sure that that if there was any information similar to the way to what we were just talking about with rosa parks like the united states establishment wouldn't make the public known to that explicitly they wouldn't say like hey you know look at all of these countries around the world that are doing so well with de-escalation measures in their police forces or the integration of social workers uh instead we just get more of the same old, like, support your uh, Blue Lives Matter uh, fascist regimes because they're the people who are keeping you safe. And you're going to be in explicit danger unless we continue to pump more money and guns and uh, all kinds of means for the police to continue to uh, execute and brutalize people at, at our behest in order to maintain our status quo. 
fuck you guys in your public school education. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not like I'm I'm like borderline of like if I ever have kids, just like mm-hmm. just, like this like homeschooling them. <laughs> like I also don't want to like, be. I want my I would want my children to be people of the world like i would want them to understand yeah i want them to be socialized but i also want them to like not be dumbasses yeah i feel like there's in essence it would just be like i would send out little johnny and be like hey remember what i told you everything that you learn out there is a case study it's a case study in the uh, american cultural system and the things that they want you to know they're not the things that are essentially accurate, but nonetheless, it's going to give you a perspective as to what this stereotypical structure, uh, you know, ought to look like to the people that are in positions of power and have vested interests in teaching you these things. So keep that in mind. They're like, okay, <laughs> okay, I don't know what that means. I'm doing right. I'm going to school there. They're gonna teach us two plus two. <laughs> <laughs> listen in math. I didn't listen in math, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, you got a good point there, but I have known a lot more parents that have homeschooled for reasons that actually run parallel with what we're decrying right oh now. no yeah 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 that's what i'm saying it I'm wasn't be the opposite enough. of yeah because most homeschoolers are like trying to hide their children from the world and like indoctrinate them into their religion and think that's like the only thing that exists you're yeah. right that's, that's what most handmaid's people... tale yeah that's that's what most people want to do like i want to do the opposite of that and be like hey kid <laughs> You ever heard of W.E.B. Du Bois? I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, you're going to learn today. <laughs> I feel like I heard that name maybe, maybe twice. Maybe twice while going to the Kentucky public school system growing up. And damn, that was not enough. I only recently mm-hmm. became acquainted with uh, W.E.B. Uh, du Bois' writings uh, with John Brown and... It's really good. It's really yeah. like it's entertaining yeah. uh, as well as extremely informative. Like, right. oh, wait, it's killer. I recommend everyone. Like, it needs to be a regular part of any curriculum. Did you learn about W. E. B. Du Bois? W. E. Burkhart Du Bois. The N. I think that was basically it's like, yeah, there's this guy. He was black. He's important and stuff. There's this thing called the N. It's it's important. We're not going to talk about it or any of the things that matter or the fact that W. B. Du Bois was a socialist. We're not going to talk about any of that. But yeah, just if you can write down W.B. Du Bois NAACP uh, on this piece of paper, you'll pass the quiz. And uh, we'll go back to talking about George Washington next week. Mm. Precisely. (laughs) Oh, man, he lived to be super old. He was 95 when he died. Did you know that? Uh, I do now. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, he was he was born in Massachusetts, uh, a pretty tolerant area apparently, and completed graduate work at the University of Berlin and Harvard. Pretty cool. Hardcore man. Yep, first African American to earn a doctorate. Very nice. 
and he studied sociology and economics. Yes, of course he's going to be a soci- uh, a socialist. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Belief that oh, this is great. Okay, let's see here. Uh, do boys believe that capitalism was a primary cause of racism? And he was generally sympathetic to socialist causes throughout his life. Hmm. Ardent mm. peace activist and advocated nuclear disarmament. Yeah. United States Civil Rights Act, embodying many of the reforms for which Du Bois had campaigned for his entire life, was enacted one year after his death. Hmm. That's great. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's hard for me to note like all of the all the folks that I have I've come to be aware of even over the last couple of months year that I feel like would have been very important for any average person to A at least mind. be aware of. Yeah, growing up, and it's like it was intentionally hidden. It, it, and it, if at least like. If it was mentioned, it was decried against in a lot of instances. Not to say that everybody should like read Marx, but like, why was all that I heard about that individual was that he was just like a propagandist, like straight up just uh, this guy was he he did some communist stuff and, and everybody shut up about him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I think I don't even think I got that much. You didn't but... even you didn't even get that. You didn't even get like uh, we're going to like point you in this direction just to decry it. We're just gonna like stay off the topic altogether. We're not uh, going yeah, to discuss capitalism. Yeah, I, yeah, it's already exactly. working. <laughs> exactly. It's like if we don't talk about it, then mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. And yeah, no fucked. no philosophers uh, outside of some of the classical Greeks. Um, no forms. No 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 prolific thinkers. Hey, hey that's something. It's like, I don't even think I got any philosophers. You, what, you talk about Socrates or Plato or Aristotle? Any of those guys? No. No, no. Aristotle? No. No Pythagoras? Dude, I, that all got, uh, Pythagoras only got talked about in math class because of the theorem. Yeah, well, I mean, he, his ideas weren't really worth a shit outside of that. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all I got. He believed that if you're, uh, like, if you cut your hair, you were, you were reducing your IQ, you know, like that kind of shit. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's kind of loopy outside of his theorems. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was only like classical Greek guys, like very um, Western ethnocentric type things. Um, uh, which, I mean, there, there's limitations. There's limitations in any classroom. You're teaching, you're teaching folks in mass. You can't expect them to. Um, I mean, at, at a certain point, you're you're there's going to be an intentional hand that's driving the educated masses, you know, one way or another. And it's only at a certain point of critical mass that an individual can start to direct their own learning, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you can't expect a, a, somebody who's in the second grade to um, immediately start this, um, uh, you know, highly developed complex study uh, you know, writing a thesis on, uh, you know, W.E.B. Du Bois, for example, <laughs> it's, it's totally outside of a, a realm of logic. So that's where your your standardized testing and your core curriculums and all those things that we that I, I heard I heard my teachers complain about that kind of shit growing up. Did you? Oh yeah, I mean, I, we we were basically the test case for it, and it's been considered by all 
uh, measurable studies of the outcomes for it as uh, a complete and utter fucking failure. Mm-hmm. We were the guinea pigs of a failed system that's still at it being used. Mm-hmm. Basically, like the first round, it's like, okay, um, so this came down the pipe. We got the standardized testing, and all you fucking kids born in the 90s. Uh, go, 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 go. Here you go. Well, it made a bunch of sheep and, sh- and soldiers, so why did it matter to them? Like, I mean, it, it seemed like it was very successful in doing what, you know, from my perspective, it was designed to do. Like, sure, we didn't, we did, we weren't educated, but that wasn't the point. It, it was, it was uh, to effectively veer us away from topics that would cause us to buck the status quo. Like, right. either. Go, if you go, can't go die turn a thought or idea into a multiple choice question that it's not worth discussing or learning more about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if it, it so help you God, if you if you talk again, now I mean this is if any if any young folks are listening to the podcast right now, I'm not talking about you when I say it's good for a an individual to question the establishment, their professors, the people who are teaching them, because it creates this feedback loop for uh, an educator to note when certain things might not be as soundly presented as topics that are not questioned outright at least i mean you kind of understand what i'm saying like if i if i brought to your attention a a math problem that to Mm -hmm. your perspective seemed incorrect i think that you would be well within your rights to discuss with the professor why it didn't seem correct you know, right. out, outside of this kind of like elitist approach, like two plus two equals seven, be like, uh, Wait a Mrs. Spencer, mm-hmm. uh, two plus two does not equal seven. Be like, shut the fuck up, kid. Mm-hmm. Think I know what I'm doing? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that was that was effectively every American child's uh, uh, education in the '90s. It, you know, we were taught like Without so many change. generations before that. We were to be factory workers, soldiers, uh, employees, uh, members of the working class that were to accept our lot in society. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, all standardized, all public schooling is, it's just like, just following instructions and listening to authority, just like beating that into you so you can be a good little sheeple. For the workforce, so when your boss, who become who was your teacher figure, is now your boss, you know, tells you to do X, Y, and Z, you know, you you stand in line, and you do all the things you're expected to fucking do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the better you do it, the better grades you got. The better grades you got, the you know, the more you had these uh, very particular paths open to you. Uh, I I remember. One program in particular, which at at the time in high school, I was envious of, but, you know, the more I had thought about it, it's like, wait, I never even got the opportunity to uh, apply for this. Like, it was never brought to my attention. Like, my parents didn't know about it. My, my educators didn't really even seem to know about it. The Governor's Scholar Program, do you recall that? I'm not from Kentucky, dog. I don't know about your fucking governor. Uh, do you, you didn't have anything to the effect of so in, let me let me explain briefly what if it Kentucky, is and you tell me if, if you if had. Texas has it maybe they have it but I'm assuming the governor's right. scholar so is, the... is Matt Bevan comes down from the heavens <laughs> and he opens up his butt cheeks and then a little the 
piece of paper comes out and it says, here you go. Well, it, they call it the Governor Scholar Program, but it was effectively um, <laughs> and, and uh, the elitist route to higher education. I mean, higher education. Uh, okay. To, to uh, accredited universities that receive the stamp of approval from the the, the powers that be. You know, the, the, the state government at the time. So the folks that typically were invited to go uh, were middle class, solid middle class families. Uh, their parents owned businesses, were doctors and lawyers, so on and so forth, mm -hmm. uh, to the end that uh, they they obviously weren't the best students, but they were certainly the wealthiest. And they would spend a couple of weeks you know, during the summer or at the end of the school year whenever then, and they would go to uh like uk for example and they would dick around and the know, country be become become acclimated with become acclimated with the college life in, in order to uh breed them to go to that particular establishment right mm -hmm. uh in which many of them did that's exactly what happened uh it's almost like it was fortuitous <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me the kids that got paraded around the college campuses ended up going to those to same campuses said. for college? Mm. Yeah, right. Go figure. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Amazing. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a conversation with one of them in particular, and this gentleman who, not naming any names, but he's now a pastor at, at a prolific church nearby. Um, well, in nearby where I grew up, mm -hmm. and uh, he believed that, you know, in his own words, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, that it was eugenics, that they were uh, pairing people together so that the intelligent children would breed together. That's why they, they sequestered them and sent them to the college and, you know, ultimately did this, that, and the other. Yeah, which looking back, I was like, man, that was that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> if we're gonna say, you know, being rich is eugenics, that all the rich people mm -hmm. fuck each other and make rich kids mm -hmm. that fuck other rich kids, and yeah, sure, eugenics. Yeah. You're so intelligent. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I guess that is that is pretty smart, like going on to become a professor or a, not a professor, <laughs> going on to become a pastor. I mean, like, that's that's a pretty easy gig. People listen to you for no apparent reason other than the fact that you got a mic in front of your face. Yeah, so seems smart to me. <laughs> if you know someone that wasn't a pastor but grew up to become a pastor, does that make them pasteurized? <laughs> That's good. As they yeah, they got pasteurized. <laughs> they were they were pasteurized, super pasteurized, uh, ultra pasteurized, ultra pasteurized. Yeah, uh, you know what? I don't understand. Like. Uh, the marketing behind olive oil, like, what does it mean to be extra virgin? <laughs> <laughs> this is my type five, Tim. <laughs> I mean, what's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> oh, but seriously, geez. though, I don't get it. <laughs> but, but seriously, uh, so virgin means that the oil was produced by the use of mechanical means only with no chemical treatment. But what's extra virgin then? Uh, let's see. The extra virgin oil with extra... reference to production method includes all the grades of virgin oil, including extra virgin, virgin, ordinary virgin, ordinary virgin. 
I was an ordinary virgin at one point. <laughs> Where is the ordinary virgin at? I want the ordinary version. <laughs> I'm not feeling fancy. Mo, ordinary. <laughs> I'm not feeling va- fancy today. I can't. I can't get the extra. I just need some. Ordinary will do. Oh man, extra virgin. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, here you go. Extra virgin. Extra virgin olive oil is the highest grade of virgin oil derived by cold mechanical extraction without the use of solvents or refining methods. Contains no more than 0.8% free acidity, which is a bunch of shit that I don't know. Why are you asking me questions like this, Jimmy? I don't... It's like I just like pull these answers out of my butt. It's like Wikipedia is always just looking because, at me in the face. It's because I'm too lazy to look it up myself, and I know if I just like ask a stupid, benign question instead of just telling me you don't know, you you'll go and fucking look it up for me. Mm-hmm. And I did. Why am I looking and at you open did. plan? What the fuck is this? So faithful. Why did you bring up open plan to me? Generic term used in architectural interior design for a floor plan makes art. Oh, private offices. Gross. Oh, yeah. The so sea of cubicles. The study was saying that um, sickness spreads more likely in open office spaces and that also people are more on edge. And my theory, between, and, and have like, I don't know, worse health outcomes and satisfaction outcomes in the work and everything like that. And my theory behind the... Um, more on edgedness of an open work uh, place environment. Not that I've ever worked in one and I'm definitely not currently working in one, but if I hypothetically was working in one of these hellscapes, uh, the reason I think the issue is that so uh, human beings we've developed to have very good um, uh, peripheral sight where we can't really see out of the side of our eyes, but we're hyper aware of whenever there's something moving in your peripherals. And so in this these open space um, office settings, you have constant movement, especially if you have some people on either side of you in your office thing, that you're actively working and work's already a stressful thing in itself, mm-hmm. where you also have these peripherals of your sides of um, movement happening, which you have to like use your brain to try to pretend like you're not seeing it and just like pretend like you're okay with that happening, which isn't normal for human beings, especially when you add like the alienating features of you have, you're surrounded by human beings, but you're not allowed to talk to anyone because you have to maximize your efficiency. And then you have like extra layers of like people walking behind you with like your open screen. It's like, you're just like standing there if your pants down, you know, even though you're not doing anything wrong, it's just, all very um, no no privacy, very just uh, awful, mm-hmm. very awful. Like a panopticon. Like exactly like a panopticon. Just like mm-hmm. we have. Oh, I don't think I have panopticon in here, but yeah, of, like of how modern day prisons are designed by. I can't remember that fuck face's name. Jeremy of, Bentham. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like it's exactly like that, except for. You know, you're being paid a wage and you're grateful that you're there and you're hanging your your phone by trees so that way you can do work better than your other coworkers to show how hard you'll work for $15 an hour. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Even though we've been shown that at the minimum wage kept up with inflation, that minimum wage today would be $20 an hour, but that's another story. 
Yeah, that, that doesn't matter at all. I, I had a little discussion with somebody about that. Uh, I mean, it's all relative, right? It's all, it's all relative. It's all relative. Ah, relative. Yeah, I was I was talking to someone who is. Uh, I, I mean, I would I would I would claim that they are relatively well educated, and it was rather surprising that they didn't know what the minimum wage of the state that they lived in was. Because it's not their fucking problem. They, they escaped they, they, that fucking exactly. issue. Once you, They're so boom, fucking you far escape that of issue, it. out of sight, out of mind. Don't got to worry about them pores. Yeah, but see, the, the funny part about it is that like, whenever they were younger, to the degree that they would actually be worried about any kind of entry-level position, if they ever worked in, say, a grocery store or you know, some kind of retail, that they probably were being paid the exact same minimum wage then as – People are now. Yeah. There has been no change. And in many states, I happen to live in one of them, there is no state minimum wage. They refer no to the federal people. minimum wage for the yeah. lowest legal amount that they can pay someone. Yeah, 725 Yeah, yeah. We, we still got that in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's state instituted, though. Uh, and I don't know that it matters so much, but uh, to clarify, let's see, states... Without a minimum wage, and there are several. So if anything was to happen to the minimum wage in at the national level, it would just totally disappear. Five states have not adapt, adapted adopted a state minimum wage. That being, actually, let's see if you can guess them. I've already given you one. Tennessee is one of them. So Texas. Texas is not one of them. No. Five states that don't have a minimum wage. Wait, what do you mean? Like they don't have one, or they, they have they a federally have not, mandated one? They have a federally mandated one because that is the lowest that they can possibly. I mean, based on on federal legal guidelines, that's the lowest that they can. South Carolina. Yes, that's one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Keep them coming, Jimmy. You got three more. Come on, come on, come on. Alabama. Alabama's another. Yeah, come on. Two more. Two M- more. Mississippi. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Did we get them all? No, there's one more. There's one more. This last Louisiana. Is... Yeah. Fuck yeah. Are you just reading this? Are you fucking? No, this I'm off? just listing all the states that are next to each other, Tim. You're right. I just you're, listed you're totally right. three. I just was like, I just went down the list. I like mm-hmm. did my geography. Yep. You're right. Well, I, I mean, I would have included. Georgia in there too, but yeah, you got them. That's it. Those those are the ones. So that's, uh, if you live in one of those states, uh, your legislators do not give a flying fuck about you if you are poor. In fact, they probably despise you because you are poor. I mean that that just kind of goes to be expected there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah, yeah. Well, because they're because they're red states or. What's the just, what just it's yeah just just deep south red states yeah mm-hmm. I mean just with the whole history of race relations and everything else like that of who's more not to say there's not a lot of poor white people in those states but mm-hmm. um there's poor black and white people but it's just uh yeah like I don't know I just don't I just don't have high opinions or expectations for any of the deep south states mm-hmm. it's just like yeah i don't even have very high opinion of my own state let's see here just out of curiosity oh we can't count any of those but do you know what the poorest states we've I, we've done this before we've done this before 
it's, let, me, it's, let me guess, because different lists put different states on it, depending on which one you're looking at, of like how they're calculating the poorness. So usually mm-hmm. New Mexico's on there, usually yep. West Virginia's on there. Yep. Usually, um, Mississippi is certainly there. Oh, Mississippi doesn't have a flag beside its name. <laughs> oh, because they're they were <laughs> they had the Confederate flag on it, and they're still trying to fight over what the new flag's going to have on it. Oh, they decided they're voting on it, uh, but uh, it says in weren't God... they trying to put like the cross on it or some shit? They they didn't put the cross on it. So what they effectively have now is a magnolia flower in the center, surrounded mm-hmm. by a circle of stars, underneath of which. In the same line as the circle of stars, it says "In God We Trust," and that was the the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't have a state endorsement of religion, and yet here we are. Any state, they said, any flag that is going to replace the previous flag must have "In God We Trust" on the flag. It's like, okay, you're trading one exclusive group for another exclusive group. This doesn't change anything. If anything, it's just yeah. like it makes it more convoluted. It's like they're backing farther into their corner, digging their heels in, and hoping that nobody's going to mess with them because it's a stronger institution to fight against, in their opinion. It's bullshit. The Satanist Church claims that they're going to fight it and try to sue the hell out of them if they do make oh, that yeah. their flag, which I think they're well within their rights to do so. They have to say yeah. something like, in Satan we trust. Yeah, <laughs> on the flag in order for it to be legal. <laughs> Which I mean, that would be pretty cool if they just like have "In Satan We Trust" in like really small letters, like off in a far corner. <laughs> if you take a magnifying glass, you can read it. Yeah, as you can see, this is actually part of the legal Mississippi state flag. You have to put "In Satan We Trust," and all of "We Trust" is in the upper left-hand corner. <laughs> Oh, man, that would probably burn them even more so. That says something about Mississippians. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Allah! Oh! No! He's the brown Satan. Mm. Yeah, there's some associations there. I, I think it's because they kind of they kind of know in their heart of hearts that if they pay people more than the minimum wage, their infrastructure starts to break down a little bit because it's so heavily based on wage slavery. What are you going to do if you don't have really cheap agricultural labor? Mm. (laughs) You think the agricultural laborers are getting paid minimum wage? Oh, child. (laughs) Oh, child. Oh, child. They aren't making anywhere near that. (laughs) So the (laughs) – yeah, no, you are are totally right. Agricultural workers are in a category all their own along Mm -hmm. with wait staff and um, dishwashers. Mm -hmm. Folks that are making – is it – Two dollars? Well, well, so wait, I mean, wait staff is making two dollars, I think, maybe less, maybe more in different places. I don't know. I don't know how that's decided. But like, I mean, I know a lot of restaurants are paying like illegal immigrants under the table to wash dishes in their back, you know, rooms and stuff like that at the restaurants. So somehow I, I figure if you're getting paid under the table, you're probably not making minimum wage either. I can't find it. Ka-chow. Hey. 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 Ka-chow. Are you just sending it to me? Oh, there's... Okay, there's there's 725, but where is the other one? $2.13. Boom. That's it. Yeah. $2.13 for employees who receive tips, which is known as tipped minimum wage. Pretty interesting. 
Pretty interesting. Just pass it on to the consumers. Yep. Oh, yikes. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. India has one of the most complicated systems with more than 1,200 minimum wage rates, depending on the geographical region. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, maybe. Why does it Why does it have to be so convoluted? I don't know. I mean, like, I guess theoretically, I mean, even a state level doesn't necessarily make sense, because, like, mm-hmm. let's think about it. You have... Um, city centers like louisville where the cost of living is like exponentially higher than you know any of the rural regions of kentucky so you could think of like a situation where theoretically like maybe louisville would have one minimum wage and -hmm. then like the county over would have a different one and Mm -hmm. you know all based on cost of livings and stuff like that Mm -hmm. at least i could imagine that and i would assume that's maybe something that's going on with india but i don't know yeah it, it probably is. I mean, like, India is a huge place, and it's very heavily, or heavy, uh, it's den- densely populated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that does make sense. Mm. Oh, my God. We've been all over the place, man. Although, I feel, I, feel like, I feel like we got some themes. We got some themes going on. I think we're looking pretty good. Stuff's bad. Stuff's, things happen. Stuff's bad. <laughs> you guys look up the Panopticon, and look up Mon- Monopsony. And oh, look, monopsony. Monopsony. Mono- monopsony. We didn't even talk about monopsonies. What's monopsony? A What's monopsony it? as opposed to... So a monopoly is when you are the only buyer of a... You know, sorry, got that mixed up. A monopoly is when you're the only seller of a product or service, so you can determine the price. A monopsony is where you're the sole buyer. So when I was learning mm-hmm. about the term monopsony, someone was saying that effectively um, Amazon is monopsony and they don't want to be a monopoly because if they became a monopoly, then they could have bad stuff happen to a monopsony. There's not really any negative, uh, I guess, things under the books to have something bad happen to them because effectively Amazon isn't a um, like a seller of like a specific good or service like people like go to them to sell their stuff so they're like buying the product from the other people to be able to like sell their shit on their platform or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like the it's the uh i don't know the the device that allows people to sell their shit yeah it's it's, it's just not a, the seller of the shit it's a the distribution function it, it exactly. doesn't doesn't do anything other than just like funnel goods through the um the convenient service if it gets rolling but at what expense and where are those expenses yep. being derived from meh, probably people hanging their phones on trees outside of distribution centers and yeah exactly and just to confirm my uh my internal fears of being wrong uh uh, uh is a uh, monopsony a market situation in which there is only mm. one buyer so if you yep. think about it it's like whenever someone thinks like where am i going to buy something oh i'll get it from amazon because they're selling all this shit mm-hmm. right yeah and everyone wants to have their product on Amazon because mm-hmm. they know everyone else when they want to buy something off the internet the first place they look is Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it's Amazon that's like the company that's selling you everything. They just 
buy it from whoever and put it in their fucking warehouse and then sell give it to you so so it's basically what a what a group of cartels would form if they had enough power and cartels are not looked upon very favorably uh, like a cartel, so if, if a cartel is a group of independent market participants who collude with one another in order to improve their profits and dominate the market, then someone who is a monopsonist is that what it's, is it the is that the right term monop? I have no monops, idea. Monopsonist. Uh, monopsony is a new word for me, so um. Well, so someone who's a monopsonist is effectively has 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 um um seceded a cartel situation in which you have multiple actors instead like anything any kind of <laughs> any kind of economic term that begins with mono is bad <laughs> it's yeah, really exactly. fucking bad so, <laughs> i think you could I, I mean i think there's probably similarities between like a monopoly and a monopsony where mm-hmm. it where the functionality kind of like works the same but it's like a power. technical difference between mm-hmm. the two where it's like singular vested power in, in, in either situation, because yeah. uh, much in the same way that a monopsonist, uh, a monopolist can influence the price for its buyers in a monopoly. Um, it's works the same way in which one seller faces many buyers. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, well, let's see if that is a single entity is assumed to have market power over sellers. As the only purchaser of good or service, much in the same way that monopolists can influence the price for buyers. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, Amazon basically has a bunch of, like, strength when, um, like, people want to sell on Amazon. Amazon doesn't give a fuck about you as, like, the distributor or whatever for, like, whatever product. You want to – you really, 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 really want to sell your headphones on Amazon because you know if you were on Amazon, you could sell so many more fucking headphones. But then Amazon could make all these demands on you as the seller of the headphones on their platform of, like, oh, well, you want to sell this shit? Well, you got to do X, Y, and Z to meet our fucking standards, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that Amazon gets a good fucking deal. Yeah. As, but where you know a monopoly would be like, I am Headphone Co. I am the only company that sells headphones, so I charge five thousand dollars for a pair of headphones. You know, like, that's <laughs> like the difference. And if you really need a pair of headphones, then you will have to pay that five thousand dollars. Exactly. Lest you fall into anaphylactic shock or you know whatever else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, imagine a monopoly. Uh, so a monopolist and a monopsonist go into a bar, right? Oh God, <laughs> so, such a lame joke. And uh, nobody else can buy anything. <laughs> that's that's oh, the end. That's the end of the joke. That's just them. You get it? They just they do it all themselves. It's a big <laughs> circle joke, you know, just between two people. I guess that's sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just the two of them it's just it's the normal monogamous sex it's monogamous it's monopsony and monopoly what it's it, it's uh uh too many euphemisms okay uh, <laughs> i'll just edit that out <laughs> i think it's i think it's about time then jimmy <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, if you are interested, 
and being the sole listener of this podcast, you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you there. You can also tweet at us on the Twitter at cynicempowerme1, or you can like us on Facebook at cynicempowerment. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. It would mean a lot to us. And if you're listening to us through any of the listening apps out there, please like and review the show. It means a lot to us and helps other people find us. Yes helps you find us like we would find you if we were always watching through a panopticon and you were in our little prison and we kept you as a menagerie of sorts as our listeners surrounding us never knowing at any particular time if you were the one being watched hmm oh oh <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.